Why do drivers tend to avoid the safety department? On today's episode of Driven Too Far, we've got safety manager Brett Clyer from Chief Carriers with us, and he's going to help us bust some safety myths. Hello, I'm Andrew Winkler, and this is Driven Too Far, the truth about trucking, a podcast that helps over-the-road truck drivers balance career and family. On today's episode of Driven Too Far, we're joined by safety manager Brett Clyer from Chief Carriers out of Grand Island, Nebraska. Brett, how are you doing today? All right. Appreciate you joining us here. No problem. Say, hey, I want to jump right in, and uh, today I want to talk a little bit about the safety department. And sometimes I get the feeling that drivers kind of avoid the safety department. Do you ever feel like that? At times. At times I do, but I think we've done a great job of changing that culture. I mean, the old way was, yeah, safety, uh uh-oh, I'm going to get a fine, I'm going to get in trouble. Avoid the safety department at all costs. So how did you go about changing some of that culture then? How do you get a driver to want to engage in safety? I mean, I think the biggest thing is teach them that or instruct them or show them that I'm there to help. I'm there to, you know, I care about them. I care about their job. Just letting them be safe day in and day out and not not be this guy and sits in the corner with an iron fist and says, how, oh, how could I find you or how could I be... Um, corrective all the time without just just being a friend right so it probably just starts with your day-to-day interaction with drivers uh, get out there and talk to them a little bit let them know that you're there to help you're not there to hurt in any ways absolutely i mean i could sit at my desk all day long and there's days don't get me wrong that i do but if you go out and meet with them get to know them on a little bit of a personal level i mean i go out in the securement bay talk to them I might not physically help them tie their loads down, but I'm giving them some suggestions. We're just talking about their family, their day-to-day things. Just show that you care. You have an interest in them as an individual. So just being present around them when they're in the yard, working, doing those things makes a big difference. Absolutely. And I feel like they will, they get to a certain comfort level where I've got the phone calls, man, you're going to be upset this happened. But I'd rather have that conversation than them avoid me and I find out when a report comes through and they just neglected to tell me something was going on. After the fact, yeah. So right. it sounds like to me you, you really have to focus on the, the trust that you build between you and the and the driver. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, if there's not the trust, they're not going to make that phone call. They're not going to call me. They're going to avoid me. They'll walk through operations. They might call maintenance or operations or in our case, the recruiter, instead of calling me directly for something. So if I could get them to trust me that I could have a conversation with it and we could come to a reasonable conclusion without it just being always a disciplinary thing, that's that's huge. What are some of the myths around safety, safety directors, safety department? What, what are drivers thinking out there? I personally think a lot of them think me as the safety guy, I'm out to get them. I'm always looking at how could I find faults in their day-to-day actions? And really, that's not the case. I sit in orientation. I tell the guys, my job is to remove obstacles for you. Yes. Whether that obstacle is you need more training or you're having trouble with maintenance or operations or payroll, call me. I, I, I am that middleman. I'm that navigator or communicator between other departments for them to help them get on with their day without obstacles and obstructions. So kind of the old school thought, this has always been my feeling, but the old school 
when you saw safety department run, they were they were kind of the compliance cop, if you will, meaning I think a lot of safety departments thought they were there for corrective actions and to kind of bust the drivers, you know, whether it was logs or um, policy or whatever it was. How's that changed a little bit? Well, I mean, some of it is the drivers have changed, obviously. I mean, we're dealing with different generations of people, but it does. you don't have to rule with this iron fist thing and always look it out for the negative. Right. I would much rather commend them on all the good things they do because let's face it, 99% of the time, that's what they're doing is the good things. They're doing the right things. Right, it's just yeah. when they do the you know the whoops unfortunately it's trucking and sometimes the whoopses are are huge whoops right right so you need to reinforce all that positive behavior because that's the majority of what they're doing it kind of sounds like to me you've developed a um, a culture of accountability if you will with the drivers i think that's uh, that's still important well you may not be the traffic cop you know where you're out looking for things but when things do happen how do you typically hold a driver accountable or what do you look for I mean, it depends on the circumstance, obviously, but it's always a one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, there's two sides to every story and somewhere in the middle is the truth, right? I can see it from one way, you know, I always tell them I don't sit in a glass house and look down and judge. I mean, I always wanna know what they're thinking, what their side of the story was, and somewhere in the middle there is what actually happened, usually. And as long as we could have constructive criticism and conversation and and build on that usually they can leave the situation feeling okay i may have messed up but this is how we're going to correct it going forward and life goes on and there's no right. there's no grudges held there's no oh this guy he's going to do this again or she's going to do this again it, it's just not that way well i thought what was always interesting uh in the safety world was you know you have the driver that that does step up and he is accountable for his own actions uh, but sometimes you have a driver that, you know, tries to avoid everything they can. Uh, they don't want to go see safety when something does happen. Oh, it wasn't me. I didn't do that. It must have been somebody else. And they're avoiding that accountability. But in my experience, I think, you know, the drivers that do that, that avoid the accountability, personal accountability, uh, they're more likely to make the same mistakes over and over again, where if you find a driver that does uh, – you know, feel that he can step up or she can step up and just own the issue, own the problem. I think that's a learning experience from them and, and they're less likely to make the mistake again. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, in the same regards, like there's things that I as a safety professional learn daily from those drivers that I, you know, I'm counseling them or I'm talking to them about an issue the way I see it. Once I get their perspective, you know, there's many times where my perspective has changed through what they're telling me. Now, it's not that every time they don't tell me the exact truth all the time, but most of the time you could follow through all that. And it really, the guys that are accountable, gals that are accountable are so easy to coach. They're eager. They want to do better. And that's, in my experience, that's the majority of drivers anyways. Um, I kind of always say the top 10%, the bottom 10%, and 80% in the middle are doing things right almost all the time. And, you know, we're fortunate. We've got a lot of the 90% the that are doing things right. Let's talk a little bit about the hot topics in safety. What, as a safety <laughs> manager, safety director, what drives you crazy? What is the one thing that just keeps showing up again over and over that you, that you wish you could fix? 
Oh, man. Uh, I don't know if there's just, just one. Okay, maybe there's more than one. <laughs> but but there, there are a couple things that just, like, just get me that the simple things. Like, just fill your logbook out. I mean, I know they're ELDs, but you still have to do things. You still have to put a trailer number in. You still have to put a tractor number in. They don't always auto-generate. And I think, you know, a lot of drivers are under the impression, oh, it's electronic, it's just there. But it's just those fine details that they don't look at regularly. So let's uh, let's explain to them what happens when they don't take the time to fill out the log correctly. What's happening in the back end of that? Well, I mean, if, as long as we're catching it, we can go back in and audit it, which make make the change. And usually that gets to go back out to the driver for them to certify because, hey, somebody messed with your log. And I mean, that that is their log. It's their responsibility. So if we change something, but then there's a digital record that somebody in the office changed something on your log, you know, when or if you ever get, <clears throat> excuse me, when or if you ever get audited, that's going to show up. So then that's just a question mark. That's like a why. Why is this happening all the time? Um, why Why is the office changing it? The driver should be changing these things. It's just, it's a lot of work on the back end. Also, it makes you susceptible for a false log, you know, if you, on a roadside inspection because you don't have a tractor number or a trailer number in your log. And that's one of the key things that has to be there. So maybe what the drivers don't always realize is they think they're just skipping through that, kind of doing the minimal things they need to to get their day started. But by not filling out the log correctly, it's actually creating more work in the back office because somebody's got to go in and fix it. And then it has to come back to the driver to recertify the log. So it's yeah. actually creating work for both parties. Right. Both parties. It's taking time out of both parties' days. Let's face it. They can't certify that log while they're driving down the road. So then they're going to have to stop to certify their log so that it updates on their end in case. I mean, they can make a change. We can make a change, I should say and send it out to them. But if they haven't certified it and they get pulled over on a roadside, it's still a false log. It's not, it's a form and manner violation. Interesting. Uh, I wonder how many drivers understood that or even realize that. I don't think, I think there's a lot that are miss, you know, just have a misconception that it's, it's digital. So it's all there. Well, it's only as good as the program or your data link or everything else. Bottom line, you're still responsible for it. It's just like when we were paper logs, you had to sign your log still responsible for it so what else is uh drive you crazy as a safety guy <laughs> um i hate the it won't happen to me i've always done oh, it this way yeah the attitude i've always done yep. it this way um i've always done a lot of things the same way and there's a lot of things that haven't been right i mean you can always learn there's always a different way of doing things it might not always work for you but you might be able to take part of that and adapt it um, the, the, yeah, the, it won't happen to me. And I've always done it this way. Way of thinking is just highly frustrating. It's very hard to coach, um, and help those individuals improve their safety. How do you think we get guys through that? I just think a lot of repetition, a lot of continual talk with them, um, showing them, giving them, you know, real world examples of things that have happened. You know, when I get a few gentlemen that or gals that I've coached and that kind of fought me maybe on it a little bit. And then maybe they were had an occurrence or an accident or an incident and they're like, Oh, I get it. And the light bulb goes on. Yeah. They're your biggest advocate then. Yes. So build again, it goes back to those relationships with drivers. Compliance 
versus safety. Sometimes I think this is a kind of a hard one to understand because I think when we were talking earlier about you know why a driver would avoid the safety department, uh, they're, they're the compliance cop, right? If you don't do something right, if it's a DOT reg and you didn't do something right, it's usually safety department that's responsible for get you straightened out. But there's a difference between being a compliant driver and a safe driver. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, yeah, I mean, if you're dotting your I's and crossing your T's, your paperwork's pretty and, you know, you can talk a good game when on a roadside inspection and get through some things, you know, you, you, you sound educated in the laws and how things are, you could smooth through there. Does that mean you're driving that truck safe? Does that mean you're not attentive or you're reaching for soda over here? Or I've seen videos of gentlemen watching movies or playing a video game as they're driving down the road, but yet they have a perfect safety score. Yes. Yeah. And that's, and that's, a, that's not, the, that's not the case. Those aren't, those are not safe drivers. That's a good one because when I think about it, you could, you could do everything the safety department requires from a compliance standpoint. So you get uh, no violations on your monthly log letters or whatever your, however your company does it. But that's not to say this guy doesn't have his foot up on the dash watching a movie while he's trucking down the road. So that's the difference between being compliant, making everything look good. Right. But your actions is the safety side of it. It's how you actually operate that truck. Yeah, I mean, operate that truck for us with the flatbed and the securement stuff. It's it's your attitude outside of that truck. I mean, yeah, I can have all my paperwork to a T and I can get things from A to B. But man, when you got the terrible attitude all the time and you're you're not a help first type of person and you're all about you and your load and this and that and don't really you're not you're not a buy-in with the company or care about others and helping others it, it definitely shows your lack of safety to an extent because with all the securement we do i mean almost all of our guys are helping other drivers all the time and that's just making sure hey your load isn't secured right or hey i would do this or that because they care about every other motorist on the road so before we wrap up here, let's say one last thing. How do you want the drivers to view the safety department? What do you want them to think of of you and your team and the safety group? How do you want them to view that? I want to be their first call. I, if, it's, if it's because they're frustrated with dispatch or frustrated with maintenance or frustrated at home, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in your head and that's probably the biggest distraction out there on the roadway, if, in my in my opinion. I know from personal, you know, I, I've driven 20, 30 miles before and go, oh, I don't even remember the whole drive because I was so in my head about something going on. I tell guys in orientation all the time, pick up the phone and call me. I don't care if it's six in the morning or six at night or on the weekend. If you have something that's just eating at you or, or frustrated about it, I would rather you, you vent to me clear your head, like, then you can focus on your day-to-day -day job, which is to get home safe all the time. Anything else you want to cover <laughs> before we before we wrap up? No, I think we did a pretty good job, actually. All right. Well, we all appreciate right. you joining us today on Driven Too Far. All right. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Driven Too Far. If you've got future topics you'd like to hear about, drop us a note at driventofar.com.